This is Ask Dr. E, where Dr. Michael Easley answers your biblical or theological questions in 10 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Seymour, your co-host, and Michael Easley's firstborn daughter. (laughs) I feel like I always have to give that disclaimer, you know? It's like, who is this girl? What Have have people been giving you trouble, like, who are you or something? Yeah, like, why is this girl on the show with him? (laughs) Ah. All right, the question this week comes from Maria. Is God's presence in hell? Revelation 20.10 says, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So Maria asks, Who torments the devil and the beasts forever? God? I would love to be enlightened, but I always thought hell was the total absence of God. Number one, just as a a sidebar, if you want to study the book of Revelation, there's a single volume book. Actually, there's sort of a big commentary and then a smaller version by John Walvoord, W-A-L-V-O-O-R-D, called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the most readable, easy-to-digest commentary on the personal work of Christ as it pertains to the book of Revelation. He cites some of the arguments at the time when commentators were doubting the veracity of the Bible and so forth, but it's an easy read in the sense that you can flip forward to it. As always, we talk about Tom Constable's notes. They're free to download in a Word document or a PDF, and you can scan through, and Dr. Constable picks good sections from numbers of commentaries and will answer these kinds of things. So just going forward, it's a great resource for you to have. Psalm 139, verses 7 and 8, Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I free from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. Now, the word Sheol in the Old Testament can mean grave. It can mean the idea of I feel like I'm dying I'm going to my death. So we have to be careful with it. It's not always a physical place. It is sometimes, but the idea is more categorical. I feel like I'm dying, okay? We're not going to die this moment, right? But we're going to the place of death. You see the difference. Mm -hmm. So what the psalmist is saying, his omnipotence, omnipresence, omniscience, he's everywhere, he's all-knowing, he's all-powerful. When Jesus is on the cross, he uses the word paradisio, It's a very interesting term. Today you'll be with me in paradise. And we also have in Luke 14 where we have the story of the great chasm fixed. Abraham and Lazarus are having this conversation, and evidently Lazarus can see those who are in heaven. It's a very interesting parable Jesus uses. So some people like to say there's two compartments to this other realm. So don't just call it heaven and hell, but let's say it's a... For conversation, it's one big place that's divided in two parts. Now, not literal, but that's a way of thinking about it. And if that's true, then God is present, omnipresent. Hmm. He would obviously be, quote, there, close quote. Is he in hell? Of course not. But yet Christ descends. So there, there's a lot going on in this question. To be as, as precise as I can, I don't think God is the one doing the tormenting at this point. The question Maria asks, Satan and his minions, all those who fell with him, will be relegated to the lake of fire. They will be in torment as well as the tormentors. There's another part of this that we don't think about often, but because we're made in the image of God, 
we live forever. So we live forever with Christ or we live forever apart from Christ. And this is where in the last two, three decades, the doctrine of annihilation has become very popular. Even John Stott changed his mind. Obviously, he's with the Lord now, but he became an annihilationist because we say, well, God, he wouldn't let people be tormented in hell forever and ever and ever. He would annihilate them. You cannot annihilate a person made in the image of God because the image of God is eternal. So it's a sobering thing to think about, but that's one more reason we need to share Christ with our friends, right? We don't want them to be separated from Christ all their life. I think the tormenting and tormentor are in the hands of the devil and his minions, and those. there's obviously a hierarchy. We don't know all the nuances, but just like there was an angelic hierarchy, there's a satanic hierarchy. And so we can only envision that some of those will be the ones tormenting them day and night. Wayne Grudem writes in his big commentary, the idea to the objection by suggesting the unbeliever in hell will go on sinning and receiving punishment for their sin, but never repenting. He points out Revelation 22, 11, which is a quite chilling verse let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy, and let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, and the one who is holy keep himself holy. It's an interesting head-scratcher to say, will there still be that type of activity in hell, the ones doing sin, the one living unrighteously? And it's hard for us to think about the doctrine of hell because we want to think God's loving and kind and compassionate, and he is but he can't embrace sin. He can't welcome sin. And that's why Christ died to take the wrath of God. So if there's any question about the wrath of God, look at the cross because he poured out his wrath and anger and Christ was our substitute. And that's why Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't think Jesus was as fearful of the physical excruciating punishment and death on the cross as he was being separated from his father on the cross. So there's, there's a lot going on. We want to, you know, blow foam on the scripture and make it sound nicey nice and God loves and love wins. Those are man-made constructs. The scripture's pretty clear that hell is real. It's as real as heaven. And there will be tormenting, unfortunately, day and night for all eternity for those who don't know Christ. Wow. Any thoughts on, I think it's right after this, probably in Revelation 21, where he talks about, you know, and then he's going to create a new heaven and new earth, but there's no mention of hell anymore. So is it just hell is the same? So he wasn't mentioned or, I mean, is that where some of the annihilation comes from of like, oh, they'll be thrown in hell and tormented, but then God's going to create a new heaven and new earth. And that's just annihilated. Like the hell part is annihilated. I've not heard that connection before. And I haven't studied annihilationist proponents because I theologically don't agree with it, but it could be. The new heaven and the earth is because the earth's going to be destroyed by fire, we think. And so the destruction of what would be the remains of the temple mound, the temple complex, when Christ returns, he's going to split the Mount of Olives. If you believe in a literal return of Jesus, which I do, all those prophecies that are so confusing and veiled and shadowy are going to be very clear in a moment. 
And so when Christ returns and these events start unfolding the way Scripture teaches us, there'll need to be a new heaven and a new earth in the sense that the old earth will need rebuilding. And the new heaven, I think, is a depiction of now it's going to be the resurrected believer in Christ is not just present, let's say, and be careful here, you know, in his soul or her soul, because we're with Christ the moment we die, right? But there will be a corporal a reuniting of our physical body. It's an eternal body with our person that's with Christ. And I don't understand all I know, but the body will be able to withstand eternity, okay. which again is why this, you know, 1 Corinthians 15, this mortal shell doesn't last. It decays. Yeah. It falls apart like a tent. But we need a new one. So I need a new body, and I'd like a new earth, and the new heaven, I think, will be the occupation, if you will, of this new kingdom of God. Okay. And, and there's people that have done the math, so to speak, and they measure out this 15,000-foot yep. cubic thing that yep. floats above the earth. Yeah, I don't really care. I mean, if you want to go down that rabbit trail, go ahead. But to me, the point is I'm going to be with Christ. I'll yep. be with other believers. I'll be a sinner saved by grace who's with him forever for all eternity. And that is the hope of the believer. Mm -hmm. And so that all the more reason compels us to share Christ with our friends who don't know Christ because yeah. we don't want them to be separated from him, much less in eternal torment. What a horrible future for people that don't know Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. If you got a question for Dr. E, call us, text us, email us. Ask Dr. E is produced by me, Hannah Seymour, mixed and mastered by Sonamorphic, and music composed by Jason Germain.